You're listening to episode 16 of the Broken Glass Podcast, defining your career on your own terms with Lindsay Artkop. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. Today's episode is with Lindsay Artkop, Berklee College of Music graduate, professional drummer, and drum instructor. We dive into how she started in music, her experiences as a professional drummer, how winning the Hit Like a Girl competition changed the trajectory of her career, and how she's built up her own business teaching students locally and across the world. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my own five-day email challenge. It can be hard to manage your personal wellness when you're jumping from your full-time job to a gig or a side hustle. So if you're looking for ways to easily manage your personal wellness while hustling in the music industry, then be sure to sign up for the five-day challenge at brokenglassmediallc.com slash managing personal wellness. Each day for five days, you'll receive an email around one of the pillars of wellness on tips on how to make small changes for a big impact in your wellness. Chloe and Isabel was my first step into entrepreneurship, and I loved its female entrepreneur mindset from the start. Chloe and Isabel has affordable pieces, whether you're going for a rocker chic look for a show, need a bold statement necklace for an award ceremony, or want a simple minimalist piece for the office. Visit chloeandisabel.com slash boutique slash Christy Jacobson to find your look today. The Broken Glass Podcast Patreon page has officially launched, and we're looking for your support. Each tier offers the opportunity for bonus content, and depending on which tier you choose, you'll receive one to two shorter bonus episodes a month that will be related to the music industry, whether it be business, career, or wellness-related advice, a discussion on music industry trends, or sharing some information about some of the women I admire in the music industry. And maybe we'll get some guest experts to jump in. You can check out the Patreon page and choose a tier at patreon.com slash thebrokenglasspodcast. And if there's something you'd like to see on a tier, just let me know. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or your preferred platform. It helps to connect us to more women in music. And if you write a review, you might hear it right here on the podcast. And now here's Lindsay. All right, welcome to the Broken Glass Podcast, Lindsay. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, So tell me a little bit about yourself, um, what you're doing now. I know you're a drummer. Um, I believe you went to Berkeley. Yeah. Um, So my main thing is drumming. Um, I've been drumming since I was six. I took lessons from then on until like middle school and high school. And then in high school, I went to ECA which is Educational Center for the Arts, where I studied jazz performance and composition, um, again, on drum set. Um, along the way, I picked up guitar and bass and recording. And some of like the most fun times as a kid was me like making songs and stuff in my basement and like doing like all these multi-track recordings and stuff. Um, but I spent a lot of time, too, in school um, playing for like all the different bands, uh, like in high school, I did like pep band, marching band, jazz band, Dixieland, and then 
um, at my at my other school, I did um, a lot of like big band jazz stuff. Uh, after high school, I went to Berkeley where I studied music uh, performance and music business and songwriting. I did a major called professional music. So I basically chose those three focuses and then took classes in like all of those. Um, when I was there, I played in a lot of bands, did gigs, recording sessions, um, started teaching drums too. I graduated in 2016, and then shortly after I moved to L.A. in January 2017, I've been in L.A. for two years. Um, I teach drums. I do drum clinics and travel um, to teach, and then I also play gigs and play for artists um, for performances and sessions, and then I make my own music. So it's kind of a lot, but like basically it's all music stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say you've done a lot. Um, so you had a lot of different experience, like different styles. Do you have like a particular style that you do now, or um, do you kind of just do everything because you're you're teaching? Um, the way it happened when I was when I was growing up, like I my first drum teacher was a classical musician, so she kind of trained me with like the rudiments and all the basics on snare drum, and then I did like. Um, bells which is basically xylophone and marimba um, but like a smaller version of that Um, and then we did like timpani and like all these other percussion instruments Um, and then I realized I really wanted to play drum set and do like rock so I my mom who's really supportive um, with the music stuff would take me to another place I got a new drum teacher and I focused on rock for a while Um, and I was in like that music school is like rock band and that was really fun um and then I've always loved like a lot of different genres of music um and then I would like I said I played in all of the different bands throughout school so I pretty much got exposed to a lot of different styles um and they're all different in terms of the approach um but I kind of like went through a lot of phases right now currently I'm mostly into like pop, rock, um, indie, stuff like that. But when I listen to music, I listen to pretty much everything. Yeah, it's kind of like me too. Nice. Um, I'm, you know, I have a couple that I'm like, eh, like I won't actively put them on, but you know, right. I think, you know, being in the industry, we need to be exposed to everything. And I think that's really, really awesome that you were, you know, exposed to all the different genres you have experience playing, you know, f- everything from jazz to pop to rock. And, and, you know, you've, you've got that breadth of experience that you can take when you're, you know, playing with different clients and that and, and teaching too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's definitely useful. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you travel to teach music and I think I saw on your website that you also uh, teach online. You mm-hmm. do some Skype sessions. Mm-hmm. So what's that experience like, like traveling to teach, but then also, you know, teaching remotely? Cause I, I think that would be kind of interesting. You know, you're not there to really kind of show them exactly how to hold, you know, the drumsticks and, and to do things. What is, how does that look like? What, like, what's that entire experience? Mm-hmm. It's different every time. Um, both in terms of the method that I'm using, like whether it's in person teaching one person or a group or on Skype teaching one person or a group, um, it's very individualized. So I like to kind of sit down, especially in the first lesson, if they're 
doing a lot of different lessons over a period of time um, and just try to assess where they're at currently and where they want to go. So then we could decide like a plan and, and, and methods of like, how are we going to get to where you want to be? Um, and a lot of people, and this is something that I had to learn was uh, early on after like going through so much education myself, a lot of people are are just trying to like learn their favorite songs or like join a band. Um, but I do also have people that are trying to become professional musicians. Um, and some of our lessons in that sense are usually like, sometimes we don't even touch the drum. Sometimes we talk about like what it's like to break into the industry and what it's like to become a working drummer and what you have to do um, in terms of all of that. Uh, when I do uh, teaching on Skype um, or via a webcam in any way, then it's more of a matter of uh, visually trying to explain things and showing it and trying to break it down in, in descriptive words as much as possible. Um, and then having them try to emulate the same thing and then kind of just going back and forth until it clicks. Um, it's definitely weird at first, but you kind of get a feel for it as you go along. And that's definitely an interesting way to to work with someone. Um, I think a lot of times we always think about, oh, I'm going to a music studio to take a lesson or I'm going to see this teacher. The teacher's coming to me. Mm-hmm. How did you how how did that start for you teaching um, online through Skype? Well, I started teaching, um, I think it was 2015, like the summer of 2015 or 2014. And I just had like one or two students that would come to my parents' house in, uh, over the summer in between uh, uh, semesters of college. And then when I got back to school, um, I saw like so many people were, were starting to do like Skype drum lessons. Like my favorite drummers were like offering Skype lessons. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try the same thing. Um, so I did, I basically just posted about it. Um, and then I kind of just spread the word and I started getting people um, responding and, and wanting to set up lessons. So I just started from there. Um, and basically what I'll do visually too with, with the notation is I'll, I'll put it up on the screen and share my screen so that they could see the notation too or my camera or both. Um, and then, so I started with Skype. Um, I have also done like FaceTime lessons um, in WeChat, which is like a Chinese version of like messaging and video chat. Um, and then I've done Google Hangouts, like pretty much whatever platform um, works for both of us. Uh, other than Skype, I also started teaching with LessonFace um, like a year ago. And they're basically a platform that does all video chat lessons online. Um, so I teach for them. So it's kind of a combination of all of that. Yeah, I haven't heard of LessonFace before. I'll definitely have to look into that one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like pretty they have like a lot of instruments on there. Um like pretty much every every style, every instrumentalist that you could think of um could could go and and create a profile and then people could sign up for lessons um and write reviews and stuff like that. Okay, it's pretty crazy how technology has really enabled, you know, us as musicians and, and, you know, professionals in the music industry to, to reach across, you know, you said you have students in China to yeah, just know, reach right? across like borders and, and to teach, you know, mm-hmm. that's really awesome. Um, do you, and you do travel a lot, right? What's that experience like? 
It's been really cool. Uh, the first place that I traveled to 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 um, perform or teach was PASIC in 2015. Okay. Um, and that's a it stands for Percussive Arts Society International Convention. It's an annual percussion convention. Um, so I went there. I've done a lot of clinics, like at colleges and university, um, like NYU, um, the Collective in New York City. I've done a bunch of clinics um, in California too. Um, like the last one I did back in November was Drum Sync Academy, um, which is in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Um, and then two years ago, I went to China. Um, one of my best friends from Berkeley College of Music. Um, had, was from China and she invited me to go to her old drum school um, and do this drum clinic tour. So, and she was actually, we became friends because she was one of my students while we were at Berkeley. Um, and I started teaching and she started taking lessons from me. Um, and her drum school is part of this huge franchise called Nine Beats and they have over 90,000 students throughout China. Um, it's a really, really big place for for music education especially in drumming right now um and they're really trying to get a lot of american drummers to come over and and teach because the way their censorship works um with their internet they're super limited to what education they have access to so um i went there for like three weeks and i went to dalian beijing macau and juhai um and i taught the students I taught teachers um I did like a week-long festival at the end of it with a bunch of other drummers that came there to teach so that was like a totally different experience too because um back when I was saying like how every student is individual I was surprised at how different it was to teach Chinese uh students because they had a totally different perspective um, usually when I teach American students, the problem is they don't want to put in the work and they don't want to put in the practice and they have right. so much like information <laughs> coming at them that they can't even handle it. Right, but yeah. with China, it's the opposite. Like they don't have access to the information, but they're totally already practicing like eight hours a day. Wow. And they, they want to take that in, right? Like yeah. that's a new experience for them. Yeah. That's it's, so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also... Write your own music, you said, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, and how does that um, how does that differ from you know working on other people's music? Are you writing um, Are you writing other tracks like guitar and and everything, or are you just working on on drums? Yeah, it's everything. So i I did a lot of songwriting back in high school and college because I had like classes that I could do that with. Especially at Berkeley, Berkeley, I took a lot of songwriting classes. Um, like songwriting one, um, one and two, and then lyric writing one and two, um, and some other ones. And those were really, really great. And I had a lot of fun with that. When I came to LA, like two years ago, my main goal was just to be a drummer. So I put pretty much all of my time into just doing that. And I really lost touch with creativity and writing and stuff like that. And then it got to a point where I realized I really want to get back into that and I want to create and I want to be more of an artist and kind of play drums for other people secondarily um so I realized that almost like a year ago now maybe like nine months ago um 
And then I, that was also the point in time where I realized like I really wanted to learn how to sing. So that was another thing that I kind of just put a lot of time into. Um, so I got back into that. I got back into playing guitar and bass, um, got back into like Dawes and, and, and writing tracks and stuff um, and recording. So a lot of my time the past nine months or so have been devoted to working on um, my skills in those instruments and writing and kind of just deciding and feeling out where I want to go as an artist. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you intend to, I guess, I guess, distribute your own music, like do everything yourself or are you, is your like end goal to, to find some kind of label support or something like that? Yeah. So I'm in the beginning of beginning stages of like learning Ableton and finding and creating my sound. Um, all the while still keeping up with like all of the drum lessons and, and drumming for other artists and gigs and stuff. Um, Cause that's how I make my living. Um, and I also love doing it. So I'm right now, I'm pretty much just working on music creatively as much as I can while also doing music um, for other people. And then my goal is to eventually get to the point where I can primarily be an artist um, yeah, definitely putting out music on my own um, after I find my sound and build more of an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, right. uh, and then kind of like still do the education stuff, but kind of do that secondarily. Secondary, yeah. Um, so shifting gears just a little bit here, um, you know, we all we know it's hard to be successful in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And even as a woman, sometimes it's very hard for us to, you know, to make it to, to really get our foot in the door. And have, have you ever come across any kind of resistance um, as a, a female musician, especially as a drummer? And if you did, how did you kind of overcome that? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, first of all, we live in such a cool time right now. Um, and even growing up, it was it was not that bad because um, like I have teachers and past mentors that are older that are female musicians or female drummers and they have so many stories that it's like wow that's crazy that you know they were treated in certain ways um, but I think most of my uh, problems with with that type of situation would be more kind of like passive aggressive type of situations or just um uh situations where I felt unwelcome as a female drummer or even if it's like going to play and like before I sit down everybody assuming that I can't play and then having to really prove myself um but there's also been situations like back in 2015 when I won the hit like a girl contest which is a a female drumming contest um after I won that, like that was a huge start to my career. And it came with like all of these other opportunities. Like I started getting endorsements from Zildjian and Vic Firth. And I started like doing videos for these companies. And like, that's how I also got the PASIC opportunity and stuff like that. So I was at Berkeley during that time. And like a lot of my friends that were guys that were drummers would say things like, oh, like, I wish I was a girl. Like I could have won that. And like, <laughs> you know, just like little things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think, obviously, especially in the beginning, it could it could kind of sting a little bit. But I think 
the only thing you could do is just brush it off and just continue doing your thing because um, that's the only way you can move forward, really. Right. And just to not limit yourself, um, you know, just because, you know, to, to not have that mindset where, oh, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm not going to be taken seriously, but to really just, I'm going to do this. You know, I, I talk a lot about, um, and I've heard a lot about too, these, you know, limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves as women and mm-hmm. as, you know, women in the music industry, you know, that prevent us from, you know, applying for that job or, you know, b- being successful, really. Totally. Um, and I think it sounds like you've really kind of had that that mindset shift, too, where you're just like, you know, I'm just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what people say. Yeah. Um, I think that's really awesome to have to have that. Um, so I, it's kind of related. Where do you see women? um where do you see them struggling the most in entertainment? I guess particularly, particularly in um, as as you know musicians, and and how do you think that we can counter this? I think the biggest issue is probably society um, and people valuing women's looks over what they're really producing as content or as music. Um, and I think the only way we could really realistically uh counteract that is to continue highlighting and continue promoting and celebrating every single time you know somebody creates something or somebody accomplishes something that's a female and just making sure that the younger generations see it and understand that this is possible and they could do it too i think it's kind of a long-term uh solution uh and I don't think that it could be solved overnight, but I do think that there's still a lot of people um, that are coming up and that are that are changing how everything works. I mean, like even in recent years, I've noticed that a lot of artists aren't just uh, being val- valued for their looks as females. Like there's so many artists these days that are creating real things. And I think that it's slowly shifting into a place where like, yeah, it's always going to be a thing, but I think that it is shifting to a place where we can value people's music and their art um, just as much or hopefully more than their looks. Yeah, definitely. And I think, too, um, from what I've seen of a lot of uh, female artists, especially this year, um, I noticed on the Grammys um, and kind of throughout different milestones that I've seen female artists reach is the celebration that other female artists have had for their successes. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I remember I was watching the Grammys and when um, Casey Musgraves won, um, it was album of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I also follow a couple other of the female country uh, singers. And I just remember, I think it was Kelsey Ballerini. She was just so excited on her Instagram story for Casey. Right. And just, that's amazing. You know, just being, being excited for them. Right. Rather than mm-hmm. like, Oh, well they, you know, they took my award, you, you know, mm-hmm. really just collaborating and celebrating each other instead of being each other's competition. Right. And I think that's, yes. that's something that I've kind of seen highlighted a lot more lately, especially this year. Um, and then connecting and creating community. Um, I think I've, I've seen all these different groups in the last year come out, um, in, uh, the NAM foundation started swim. I don't know if you've heard of that smart women in music, Mm -hmm. 
So they have that. And then there's also, I think, women Women's Music International. I think that's okay. what it's called. Um, there's all kinds of different groups. And then She Is the Music, which I believe was Alicia mm-hmm. Keys, started that. Yeah. So it's just incredible to see these different groups come out and all the support that women are having for each other instead of trying to fight for that, you know, top position. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's such a cool time. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, so you had mentioned how busy you get. And um, we kind of talked a little about like limiting beliefs and mindset a few minutes ago. Um, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, this industry, we're always hustling. We're always, you know, going from full-time job to a gig to a part-time job, something like that. Um, and it seems to that a lot of women really struggle with their physical and mental wellness, um, or they're looking for ways to improve it. So in what ways do you take care of yourself, um, your own physical, mental wellness, especially when you're busy, you're traveling, you're going from lesson to lesson to lesson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a constant work in progress and you kind of have to keep evaluating. And for me, I think about balance a lot. So I think if I'm putting too much focus into one thing, then everything else kind of starts to fall out of place. So I, I try to keep up with balance and I try mostly I would say that I think of everything on a really long term uh, basis like I don't even think in like 5, 10, 15 years because I don't think you could really predict or break all of that down especially being a musician I think in terms of like the day like this sounds kind of weird but like the day I die like what do I really want to say and be grateful for that I've done you know like that's a huge reason why I decided that I wanted to do the artist thing too. It's like, of course I could totally just continue doing drumming on, on my own, but like, that's not what's going to make me happy. And I know that I want to do more and I want to do other things. Um, So I try to try to just think like, what am I doing right now? Or what am I doing today? And like, how does that actually add up? Cause sometimes you could get caught up in just trying to keep up with everything And then you look back and you think about the past six months, 12 months, like whatever. And you realize like, oh, I could have spent my time totally differently. And I just did that because I thought I had to or whatever. Um, But I think in terms of all of that, I just try to think in terms of long-term happiness. That's an awesome way to think about things. How do you think about it? Um. Well, one of the things that I do is I really make sure I take time for myself, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I work full time and then I come home and I'm working on the podcast, I'm working on the blog and trying to build this up. Um, mm-hmm. So I think every every morning and every night I make sure I take time to just kind of reflect. Um, I have what's called the five-minute journal. Mm-hmm. And so it allows me to think about, okay, what am I grateful for? How do I want today to go? Um, you know, what am I going to do to move myself forward? Um, and to really just at the end of the night, reflect on how the day went, what, what went really well and what something that maybe didn't go so well, but I, you know, tomorrow I'd want to change. Um, so that's one of the the big things I do. And I think that's really helped me to grow individually and, um, professionally, Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, my God, this went wrong. Like and then you get anxiety and mm-hmm. you just want to like, you know, you know, quit or crawl up, you know, in, in your bed and, and not do anything, not talk to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. So I really think it's it's a lot of just being grateful for what you have 
but also kind of learning and growing as a person. Um, yeah, and I think that's I something that can really help us as women in the industry. Yeah, I, I totally hear you, especially with the gratitude journals. Those are so important. I mean, like it sounds, it sounds like oh, like you're just writing down like what you're grateful for, but it really allows you to to have that time to think and reflect and and attract more of that into your life. Yeah, and too, it's it's when you're you know sometimes I have have days where it's like nothing's going right, you know, like mm-hmm. everything's so stressful, and then I'll like I'll take a walk, I'll just walk away. And it's actually, you know, yes, I do it in the morning, but then I'll take that time. And as I'm going for a walk, I'll think, okay, the sun is shining. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I'm breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great, you know, I have opportunities and, and, and it's, um, you know, it just allows you to think that way. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what what kind of advice would you give um, for someone, uh, for women or even men who want to enter uh, the entertainment music industry, um, especially, you know, like kind of enter your ROM as an artist and a, as a professional drummer? Yeah, I would say um, make sure that it's something that you really, really want more than anything and know that it's, it's a trade-off because – I have a lot of, of family members or even friends that have like nine to five jobs and like they have security and they have, you know, everything that comes along with that. But I also have friends that are artists and that and considering myself as an artist and a musician, um, we have all of the all of the opportunities to fulfill ourselves in terms of artistry. Um, but we also trade that off for things like security and the other thing is that it's way, way more than a full-time job. Um, nine to five, Monday through fr- Friday, is like a fraction of what an, a real artist works. Um, it's not It's not just about like, oh, I'm going to wake up and create music today. It's also about, you know, managing every other part of your life and making sure that you actually can do that. And you have to be your own manager. And like, especially starting out, you have to be your own like sound person video person like social media manager and like when you look at everything that you actually have to do to create a successful career it becomes a lot more work than you can imagine um because when you look on social media and like you see your favorite artists like just living their lives that's just a a little bit of what they actually do every single day um so i would say you have to have a lot of self-advocacy and really be good at managing your time. And more than anything, know that this is your passion and you want to do it more than you want, you know, to give your time to like building a family or like whatever else you're giving up for that time being that you're putting all your time into doing music. Right. Yeah. And uh, you'd mentioned, you know, just being you know, you're always kind of on, it's not a nine to five. What are some ways Mm -hmm. that you manage your time um, like, do you, you know, for me personally, I get out my calendar and I have a physical planner and I write it all down, but are there any kind of tips that you have for managing time as a, you know, artist, musician and teacher and traveling and all that? Yeah. A calendar is a big thing. I mean, I'll schedule all of my lessons, like just on my iCalendar or whatever on my iPhone. Um, and then I have like a list of all 
of my students that I could keep up with um, in terms of like managing that and managing lesson times and like financial aspects and everything like that. And then in terms of gigs, like I have the same thing, like I'll have a list of like all of my main gigs or all of the gigs that I have for like that month. Um, And then I'll be able to break down like the timing and all of that. And then I have, I kind of like block everything off into sections. So like one is lessons, um, another one would be gigs, and then another one would be uh, practicing, and then another one would be like creative time. Um, So I try to work out my schedule so that I'm teaching Monday, Tuesday, um, Thursday, Saturday, And then I have Wednesdays and Fridays off. Sunday, I have like a church gig in the beginning of the day. And then the rest of the day, I usually do whatever else I have to do. Um, And then pretty much all of my free time, I try to schedule in my creative time. So usually that's like the morning time. Um, I have a studio that I rent. So I'll usually go and practice in the morning until the afternoon um, and do like creative stuff too, or I'll write or I'll like learn Ableton or I'll do whatever um, is in my current list of goals. Um, And then I've scheduled my lessons so that I teach those days that I listed from like the afternoon until evening. Um, And then I might have like a rehearsal um, or a gig at night. Um, And then it, it kind of fluctuates, but that's like the basic schedule that I have right now. Um, And then I kind of just like have to, keep it a little bit flexible and open because um, teaching so many different people, like I have like around 20 private students right now oh, wow. um, that are weekly. Um, so I kind of have to keep it a little bit open. Um, so it is a lot to keep up with, um, but it's kind of just prioritizing is, is the main thing. Right. And you, you mentioned that you kind of do a lot of your creative stuff in the morning. Is that when you're the, you find you're the most creative? Um. I, I like doing it in the morning because then I could go on for the rest of my day happy that I did the thing that was most important right. to me. Um, and then the other part of it is that at my studio, it's not completely soundproof. And the morning is a time when like nobody else is there. So it kind of works out. I'm still sleeping from working overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what Do you have any um, resources that you'd recommend for other women who want to become, you know, studio musician or, uh, you know, music teacher? Um, or to just to get in the industry? Um, I would say to try to try to do things like getting into involved in, in groups and meeting people. I think meeting people and making relationships is the strongest thing you could do, especially when it's um, building relationships with people that are where you want to be because um, then they could give you advice and you could just even be around them and, and realize how they live their lives and, and make decisions and stuff. And that's I would say that's one of the most important things to do. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say uh, that going to a music school or something like that is essential. Um, I would say that it's more about having passion for it and trying to educate yourself as much as you can, whether that's, you know, going to like conferences or um, getting involved in groups. Um, Like there's... I mean, I don't do this anymore because I already know so many people from my experience having gone to school and like having gone to um, a lot of these things in the past. But like we were talking about before, like NAM um, or even like meetup groups, like you could find so many things just like on Facebook or online or 
um, anything like that, I would say um, would be a good thing to get involved in. And do you think, um, you know, I was, my my degree was music business. Um, I'm not really a musician. I've, I've played, but I'm not, I can't, I'm too afraid to perform. <laughs> um, but I've always kind of said, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people should at least have some kind of business background, especially if you're mm-hmm. going out, you know, you want this to be your career. So you need to have some kind of business experience because you're going to need to turn it into a business, right? Um, right. Is that something that you you would suggest, you know, that you suggest for people to, to learn? I know you, you mentioned when you do lessons, sometimes you talk about what it's like to be a professional musician and, and the business part of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it depends what exactly you want to do in music. Like if you're trying to, I would say like, outline your goals of what you want to do and then learn as much as you possibly can about that one or two or three things um I would say you know if if you're trying to be like a sideman then try to find a sideman that's super successful um that you could ask like well how much should I ask for a gig or like what's the rate for a session and they could just like go into all of those types of details um but I think Um, something that I've learned is you have to learn from experience too like you kind of just have to throw yourself out there and 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 be willing to learn um, from from what happens too because this is the type of industry where it's like it's not step one two three and like nobody has the same path Um, so that's kind of probably the hardest part about it Um, but any type of business education that you could get is super helpful um uh, a book that I recommend is Music Business, Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business. I'm sure you've heard of it. I think I have like two or three copies of it. Nice. <laughs> I think I've, I've had, you know, because they come out with different editions all the time. Yeah. Um, especially as the industry changed, right? I think my first one was mm-hmm. from, oh, I was probably undergrad, so 2004 or five. And then mm-hmm. that was before before Spotify. That was right when I think iTunes had just come out. So that book way back then was basically like the industry, old industry, right? You know, Mm -hmm. record labels and, you know, CDs and I think, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of vinyl at that point that hadn't had the resurgence yet. And then Mm -hmm. when I came out to grad school, it was totally different, right? Now we've got Spotify, we've got iTunes, Tidal came out, everything was digital and the industry had finally started to accept digital was the way that we were going. So I Mm -hmm. now have a second copy of that book that's, you know, has all the sections on digital in it. So it's, it's interesting to watch, you know, how things change and to go back to that old version and be like, oh, yeah, that's how the industry was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a good idea to, to read through that book, get the latest copy and just read through the whole thing. Um, because I took Music Business 101 at Berkeley and that was like the main book that we used. And even though, you know, I don't, I don't use like certain things, like you're not going to use every single thing in there. Like if you're a touring musician, like copyright stuff isn't going to apply to you or like the opposite and touring stuff won't. Um, but if you're trying to get a sense of everything, then that's a really good thing to have a foundation with. Yeah. And just have an understanding of the industry. Um, You know, I work in music publishing, but it was helpful for me to learn about, you know, touring and and record labels Mm -hmm. and all of that. And, you know, who knows too, right? Like one day I could be working for a record label. One day I could be a tour manager. 
you know, just, totally. just the connections that we make, especially here in LA, you get to know mm-hmm. people and you get may get a job offer and it's something totally different, but at least you have that kind of background knowledge of it. You understand yeah. what it's about and you may not know all the intricate details, but you're not going in totally blind. Mm-hmm. For sure. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so that kind of actually led into my next question, which was, do you have any favorite books, um, podcasts, or people that inspire you? We already kind of talked about the book. Um, is there anything, do you listen to podcasts, or do you have anyone in particular that really inspires you uh, as a musician, as, you know, you're um, actually like an entrepreneur, um, you know, with your business and, and teaching and that? Mm-hmm. Is there anyone? That- yeah, I listen I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen mostly to Gary Vee. Do you know who that is? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I love I love listening to his podcast. He's super motivational. Um, and also, uh, so you get like the motivation side, which is super important for this this type of industry because you really have to have a lot of motivation and drive because um, it's not easy. Um, and then he also gives a lot of practical advice about social media, which has been helpful to me. Um, especially um, when he talks about documenting versus creating, um, because his whole point is like if you document all, all that you're doing without worrying about perfection or anything like that, then you're building an audience and you're actually putting out content, which is the most important thing, rather than focusing on creating and putting out less and 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 kind of worrying about like what people think about you or anything like that. Um, he gives so much practical advice too about, um, like what to post, um, in, in, in a lot of business stuff too. Um, cause like you mentioned, I am an entrepreneur because of all of the like drum lesson stuff that I do and manage on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really helpful. I think in terms of drumming, my favorite book is the big gig by Zorro. Zorro is a drummer that's been on tour with Lenny Kravitz, um, and earth, wind and fire and a bunch of other artists. Um, and he wrote a book that's like pretty much the equivalent of all you need to know about the music business, but like just for, for drummers. drummers yeah. And yeah, he put out like, like, he just laid out everything in terms of how to be a successful drummer and how to go about it and, and organize your thoughts and your goals. And um, that's, that was super, super helpful to me. And it also gave me a better idea about how the industry worked because um, he was just super open and just described so many experiences, especially in terms of um, not getting gigs and not getting jobs and stuff like that and that kind of helped me understand like okay like if you don't get a gig like that doesn't mean that that's it like it's just one thing um and to keep going so yeah that's those are the main sources that that I would recommend okay yeah and I'll um I'll make sure to link to all those in the the show notes so uh listeners can can find them um and just one last thing here where can my listeners find and connect with you Sure. Um, my my YouTube channel is um, just in my name, so you could just look up my name. Um, so it's my my Instagram. My Instagram is the thing that I use the most. Um, so it's just my name, L I N D S A Y A R T K O P. Um, that's that's where I put up like all of my videos um, and pictures and, and stories and stuff like that. Okay, awesome. And I'll link to those too, and they can find and connect with you there. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today, Lindsay. This was awesome. I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you. Thank you. That was so fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, 
visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.